Welcome to Zero to CEO, where seasoned entrepreneurs will teach you how to succeed. I'm your host, Jason Sherman. In today's episode of Zero to CEO, I have with me a multi-passionate entrepreneur, R.T. Custer. Welcome to the show. Thanks, Jason. Thanks for having me. No problem. And today we're discussing the journey to the American dream. And this could have a lot of meanings, right? Gaining freedom to their life. Uh, other people, it's starting a business and helping their family succeed as well along the way. And to some people, the American dream just means finding the dream job. What was the American dream to you growing up as a kid? Absolutely. So I, I think every time I've, I've heard the term American dream and people are talking about it, they talk about the, the house with the white picket fence. And to me, that means control over your life, ownership of uh, an asset in a, in a piece of real estate, a piece of land where your kids and the dogs can go play in the yard. And it means a sunny day, a nice day that you don't need to work. You don't have to do anything. You can enjoy life on the porch, on the deck, hanging with family, friends, etc. Freedom. That's what it, it, exactly. It's freedom. freedom. Free, for, to me, freedom has always been the American dream. It's not like, oh, I have this much money or I can buy this boat or I can, you know, I have this business with all these employees. All that stuff is fine and dandy. But if you don't have complete freedom from, you know, if you have to make decisions based on other factors, you're not free. And so to me, the American dream really is freedom. So how, how about running a business because obviously you run a business and we'll get to that too, but what's the freedom work-life balance kind of like for, for you and how important is that? Yeah. And I, I've been, I've been told and I've, I've learned a lot recently and you know, the masterminds I've been in, we, we've talked a lot about that term work-life balance and most people are saying it's, it's, it's BS, right? Like there is no balance. <laughs> uh, some people are saying it's work-life integration now. It's, uh, you know, all that stuff. And, and I, think, I think it all goes back into freedom. Like one of the, the reasons you become a business owner is to try to obtain freedom. Maybe it's financial freedom. Maybe it's freedom over your time. Maybe it's freedom over just what you want to do that day, right? You own the business, you get to decide. And a lot of people aren't actually pursuing the American dream or that freedom in their business ownership because they are, they're tied to their business. They actually have less freedom than, than people working a nine to five, because honestly, I'm jealous. And I had this conversation this morning with somebody. If, if you get to clock out at five o'clock and you don't have to stress about anything until 9am the next day, like I'm a little jealous of that, um, where I currently sit because I am multi-passionate. I have lots of businesses, lots of people that rely on me showing up before nine and staying until after five. Yeah, but what about the other side of the yeah. fence? It, 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 exactly. I it mean, the other side of the fence is tomorrow <laughs> I might just not feel like working and I might just want to go fly a kite, you know, yep. and the other guy sitting at his desk from nine to five and I'm out swimming at a pool or, you know, going to watch a game or whatever it is I want to do because that's the freedom that I have. And yep. so like, I don't, I actually, I get, I get what you're saying about the being able to clock out and being jealous of that. But I, I, I stopped being jealous of that years ago when I realized, well, wait a minute, I don't actually have to clock in. Right. Let, alone, let alone clock out. So yeah. to me, it's a it's a different mindset. It's more about the nine to five, those hours that everybody has, that everyone's kind of trapped, and it's five days a week, long days. Whereas I feel like I can work whenever I want. 
And, mm-hmm. I could, and I could also not work whenever I want. And that's the, the freedom of the work-life balance that I like to say is you get to choose. Yep. When you have a choice, that's powerful. So, uh, and speaking of powerful, I was checking out your website and it, you make these really cool watches. And I know I have an, an Apple watch. It's not so cool because it's not, you know, intricately detailed like yours. But what got you into watchmaking? Because, um, obviously watches are really cool around the world. They've been synonymous with like James Bond and like the really cool watches he wore that had gadgets in them and aviator watches that were really, uh, big in the in the old days. So, what got you into it? What what made you interested in that? Yeah. So, uh, my business partner and I, uh, before we we started Vortec Watch Company years and years ago, we we had the idea on the golf course at Penn State. Actually, um, speaking of freedom, right? Free to like get out to play golf instead of studying and and working, right? Um, and we we wanted to make a watch that was actually made in USA. That was our original kind of purpose and and what we're after. And it almost started as like this project of, is it even possible? And we did a bunch of research and we stumbled on the history of what we call the great American watch companies. If you look back a hundred years ago, America was the Switzerland of the world. We had 10 different watch manufacturing companies. And back then they were making pocket watches. Pocket watches, I was going to say. Yeah. Today, you know, uh, basically like you think the 2008, 2009 standpoint, when, um, gold and silver prices were really high, people were scrapping pocket watches crazy from a hundred years ago for the gold and the silver. And so we learned about that whole thing, all the history of the old companies and the movements that they made, all the gears and springs that tell time in these watches, these pocket watches. And then we realized if we saved those old pocket watches from being scrapped and thrown away and turn them into wrist watches, mm. we can make the bigger parts on the outside, the case, right. like we could figure that out. And so pocket watches called, are, are historically bigger, right? They were, they yeah. were meant to be held in your hand with the little button. Exactly. Push. Exactly. And so yeah. this, you know, you can tell the crown is at 12 o'clock. It's up here. So this wow, is a pocket top. watch. So for the listeners, uh, the listeners not watching our YouTube, he's holding up a really big watch with a really big button at the top. That is really cool. I like that. So, so you, it's, it's so, so you took the American old history. Yeah, you took the old and you decided to preserve. That's really cool. So it's kind of like a documentary. <laughs> it's like yeah, a documentary well, about American history when it comes to watches. Oh, so, there's so many cool stories that are in there. I mean, you know, like the the Hamilton Watch Company was in Lancaster, Pennsylvania. I grew up in Pennsylvania, so they're close to my heart. But Hamilton was the watch that won the war in World War II. They manufactured all of the timekeeping components for a lot of the aircraft and pocket watches and wristwatches for the U.S. military wow. um, and the Allied forces. And so there's like so much, that's just one example, but there's so much history. And those were heavy duty. And, and, and they were made the right way. They were yeah, made they were heavy duty. Then. Like they were synonymous with quality. And so um, you know, preserving them and saving them and turning them into wristwatches now, not only is it awesome like storytelling, but it's also... Uh, it's also 100% American made, you know, it just we we don't have to figure out how to make those gears and springs and all the tiny little parts that are made in China or Switzerland. Now, we're just refurbishing the ones that were made 100 years ago. That's really smart. And I remember growing up, um, Casio watches and the Seiko watches and all those digital watches started coming out. And mm-hmm. they were like the, the new thing, right? It was like the most popular because you could tell the time and the date. And yep. possibly the weather and things like that. So it was like this cool thing. And then I remember the big fad of the swatches. And I, I yep. was a, I was a victim. I had a lot of those swatches growing <laughs> up. So there's a lot of these fads and, and a lot of, um, you know, moments in time, pun intended, where watches 
kind of came in the zeitgeist and then kind of faded away. It sounds like you're doing something new that hasn't been done before and could potentially be the new thing. Um, how do you attract the customers? How do you get visibility for something like this? Yeah, absolutely. So one is doing stuff like this, you know, and just, just being an evangelist of, of what we do, trying to get on as many podcasts as I can. You know, I have a PR company that helps with like storytelling. I, I was lucky enough to get into um, Entrepreneur Magazine last year and they stole, told a story of um, how we were in this huge lawsuit with a much bigger, with Swatch actually, a massive watch company. Um, so they told that story. Um, and then we, we do a lot of events like uh, basically trade shows uh, to, to try to get in front of, of watch customers and people that like watches. And, and then honestly, I think our, our most practical and cheapest and best way of marketing is just word of mouth. We make a right. really high quality product that we stand behind. People love it. And, and people talk about it. I mean, when you walk around with a watch, it does that, look really cool. That's, that's interesting and different. People are like, Oh, tell me about that. Like that's, it's a conversation piece. That's, that's how we market it. And, and I think that gets us a lot more legs than, you know, paid traffic on Instagram. <laughs> so, my, so my inner entrepreneur is kicking in and saying, man, if I had one of those watches on my wrist and I could click a button to pop it out and then have it on the chain and have it back as a pocket watch, that would be cool. And I'm curious if that's something you can do. Because think about it. Like sometimes you don't want to have it on your wrist for a certain reason. Maybe you don't want sure. to get it damaged. Maybe you're playing a sport. Maybe you're doing something and maybe you can leave the band on, but you can pop it out and put it in your... I'm just thinking out loud. But anyway, there's there's something really cool about uh, refurbishing or you know rebuilding something or preserving something. Maybe you haven't thought of this or maybe you are. I don't know. I noticed on TikTok, there are these companies that repair old doorbells, old uh, radios. They take them completely apart. They, you know, they fix all the components. They, they clean all the screws. They use all sorts of equipment. It's crazy if you watch these videos and they just completely restore something that was a hundred years old. And the video is maybe like a minute, two minutes long, all sped up. And at the end, you see this beautiful brand new device that is a hundred years old. If you make a video like that of the actual restoration of one of these pocket watches and becoming a wristwatch and showing it in fast speed, I think you're going to blow this out of the water if you post those on TikTok. Yeah, you're just a little bit ahead of me. We're we're working on it. I just got to uh, engage with someone who uh, who is a videographer here, and and uh, and and they're going to um, the basically try to document the whole process it's it's not quite like it doesn't happen all at one sitting and so there's like lots of different steps and processes in it but we we call it like the story of a of a watch um, or a day in the life you know so we're going to take it from start to finish and then and then yeah if we can replicate that and make a few different videos um, or videos even going deeper into the process of like here's how we make the case you know the metal case starts right. as just a chunk of metal and then we machine it out and that's really interesting too so yeah, I love that stuff. And, and that That'll seems be great. like what people want is, is video, like just how it's made, you know, I just, I'm curious. And, and maybe and even, maybe even, do do, maybe even like a documentary style too, like Ken Burns does with like the documentation, the photos of like where it came from, like the story yep. of the owner and like showing like maps and things like that would be very interesting. And I think that that would, that would attract the, the right kind of audience and watches are very popular. So what have you learned? Uh, from running this business that you can tell our listeners here 
um, things that you've either made mistakes or things that you did right and things that you think could help others? Yeah, absolutely. So one, one of the things that I'm really passionate about that I've, I've learned just by, by trying and testing is email marketing. So we do all those ways of trying to get people to the website. And then once they're on the website, we try to obtain their email address and our, our email list has gone from about 3000 people, you know, maybe four years ago to now over 40,000 people. And there's a lot of little things to talk about there, but I feel like it's one of the biggest missed opportunities that a lot of my friends that are business owners talk about. And when I share this, people are like, Oh man, I really should do that. But it's just, it's, it's, it's almost free marketing. I, I have your email address. You said that you were interested in maybe buying a watch someday or just interested in learning more about Vortec watch company. So I'm going to send you automated emails that tell you all about us, show you behind the scenes, pictures and videos of how it's made, educate you on the history of the watch companies, all that kind of stuff. I'm marketing and selling to you, but with your permission, right? You're not <laughs> over, paying over for time. an ad. Yeah. Yeah. And so I, I built this whole, it's uh, 22 emails long. And so when you go to vortexwatches.com, you sign up for an email list, you get an email every seven days for, you know, it's, it's a couple hundred days that, that this goes on. Wow. And, and you learn a little bit about the company every week and it's all written by me and my voice and, and comes from RT at Vortex Watch Company. And then every Tuesday at 12 noon, I send an, a mass email newsletter to every single person that subscribes. And I just say like, here's what's happening this week at the company. And PS, here's some watches that we made in the last week that are really cool and you should check out. And that the open rates on those emails are insane. Um, and there's, there's no, there's no way to, there's no way there's, I can share all of that information for free on, on social media to anyone that wants to listen, but I don't own that audience. You know, Instagram right. and Facebook owns that audience. That's Correct. not going to make it to maybe five or 10% of them. Right. When I send the email, it's going to hit your inbox, whether you open it or not. There's a little bit of science and psychology behind like what I'm putting in those subject lines, but the people that care and the people that are in the market to buy a watch, they open the email, they read them, they check it out and then they click and they buy a watch. Right. And I just, I've been doing it for about three years and I know it works. And I just, I see that as a, as something that, that not a whole lot of people do. It doesn't take a whole lot of effort and it just, yeah, it 100% has a huge ROI. <laughs> That's great, man. I mean, uh, email marketing people, you're right. There's a stigma associated with it. People say that, oh, they're not going to open it or it's going to go to the spam folder or it's, and there's another list of things of why people don't do email marketing, but it is powerful and it does still work. And I, I believe it works better in conjunction with other things so that, so that your brand is out there. And when the email comes in, they'll say, oh yeah, I saw that here or I heard of it there. Mm -hmm. um, I don't think it's a good standalone product, but I think it does work great as, um, as you mentioned, in, in, along with social media and things like that. Yep. So what's, uh, what's the way for people to order one of these watches? Where can they get one? Uh, can they custom order it? Is there any, are there any criteria or anything like that? Because this is kind of like a custom thing, right? Yeah, absolutely. So we do, uh, I guess we have three revenue streams or three different ways you can buy a watch. One is we do a watch of the day. So every single day at 12 noon, we post a new one of a kind watch that's for sale. And so they go pretty quickly. They're all on vorticwatches.com slash watches. You'll see everything that's still available. Um, that's probably the best way. That's fun. You can follow us on Instagram, follow that email list, and then just kind of shop. And when you see one you like, you can get it. We also have a custom order process, which is for people that have family heirloom pocket watches. We call it convert your watch. And you can literally just Google convert your watch. We're the only people that do, that, that do this. 
but we take family heirloom like grandpa's pocket watch and turn it into a wristwatch is a highly custom takes six months costs a little bit more but it's worth it it's an awesome service wow. and then finally every november 11th which is veterans day we launch our military edition and it's those pocket watches that were flown on the b bombers in world war ii we make 50 of them they go really quick jesus but that's the coolest thing that we do it comes out november 11th and we have a whole separate page um, and process for ordering that. And it's just vortexwatches.com slash military. Very cool. So vortexwatches.com to grab one of these watches. They sound really cool. I'll be checking it out after this episode. Um, thanks again for coming, RT. This was great. And as always, we will see you in the next episode. Thanks, Jason. Hope you enjoyed the episode. If you learned something today, please support this podcast by subscribing to it, sharing it with your friends, and leaving a five-star review. You can learn more about me at jasonsherman.org, where you'll find information about my book, also called Strap on Your Boots, available on Amazon, as well as my course called Startup Essentials on Udemy or Skillshare. I'll see you in next week's episode.